Welcome to Mormons on Mushrooms. In this podcast, we discuss alternative methods for healing from trauma and seeking a fulfilling life. We often discuss triggering topics, and we ask that you make your personal mental health a priority. In addition, the opinions offered by our guests do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the hosts of this podcast. If you'd like to support the program, please visit www.patreon.com forward slash Mormons on Mushrooms. Thank you for listening and enjoy. You know, hi. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. (laughs) Elise, it's so good to see you. You too. Guess what? We were playing last night. We played code names last night. Oh, nice. And we thought, hey, Shalice should be here for this. Oh, man. Get to play it. Such a good game. Yeah. How's, how was, how's Tremont and Christmas? So my family hasn't lived in Tremont since I left, but we're up in Layton now. And um, oh, okay. it's been good. Yeah. I've been going all over the place few different places in utah to try and get some stuff for my page so it's been fun oh that's awesome where have we been uh we went to the sun tunnels out near wendover which is where have you heard of them someone was telling us about them on who was telling oh you know what someone 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 called me i think i was talking to some a listener of the podcast and he was oh oh nice yeah um i think david mentioned it too but it's this art installation out in the middle of nowhere, kind of near Wendover. And they're basically just like giant concrete tunnels that line up perfectly with the solstices. So when the sun comes up, that comes up through the middle of the tunnels. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And so we went there on the solstice, like everyone's sitting there waiting to see the sun come up through the middle. And there were so many clouds, you couldn't even see it. (laughs) (laughs) Shoot, How many people were there? There was probably like 15 people waiting for the sun to rise. That was cool. We went to the salt flats. We went to an Indian state park where there's petroglyphs further south. Uh, We went up to Crystal Hot Springs where I basically grew up as a teenager, like trying to hit on boys. I was like our stomping grounds. (laughs) (laughs) Now, what is that like now? Because lava hot springs or do we say lava, Doug? How do I say it? In, in Idaho, we, we say in, in Idaho we say lava, but the rest oh. of the world says lava. Yeah, it's kind of like a hurricane <laughs> sort of deal. Molten lava. Um, we went up there, Doug, a few years ago. I mean, you go up there all the time, but I was kind of. It was very, I don't know, commercial. I guess yeah, now. Or I, yeah, I, yeah. I, is it similar with Crystal Hot Springs, or? Yeah, I mean it. It's always been that way, and it it was actually pretty run down and kind of gross. But we would always go anyway. But now they have a whole bunch of new pools in like a grotto feeling with waterfalls and like a big new building to change in. So it was nice. Um, I guess it kind of takes away from the intimacy of what it used to be because it used to just be like a local spot, and now people are coming from all over to experience yeah. it. Um. But it was cool to go back and relive those memories. <laughs> <laughs> just uh, going and talking to boys, picking up on the ki- on the on the cute boys, yeah. like that. 
Yeah, well, because here we are Mormon with like, we're not really allowed to do anything scandalous and being in a swimsuit is already kind of scandalous, but it was still okay. It wasn't against the rules. Like a loophole, right? It's like, it's like this, it's like this salacious thing you can do as as a Mormon, you know? Yeah, it was a loophole. And so also living in a small town where there's like population, geez, I don't know, under 10,000, it seemed like there's really not many options. You grow up with the same people like your whole life. And so when we would go to Crystal, we would sometimes see people from out of town. And so I was like, there's a boy. Like, who's that? (laughs) (laughs) It's a big thing. Yeah. That is a weird thing with modesty. We don't have to get too much into modesty, but like how, you know, if you wore like a, a strapless dress to prom, you're the, like the talk of the town, right? Yeah. yeah. But then you just wear a, you can wear a swimsuit and whatever. I don't know. <laughs> but I I was even still shamed for my swimsuits growing up. Like I I remember wearing tankinis and they would yell at me and make me put a shirt on if I had like an inch of my stomach showing. But I will say I went to Hot Springs this time in one of like my best beach buddy bikinis with the scrunch butt and the Brazilian cut. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it was just me taking back my childhood, but I walked in there loud and proud and everyone glared at me. And my mom was like, it was the most funny thing to watch people stare at you walking around. You're just out there like strutting it, like, like taking back childhood. I love that. Yeah, that was awesome. I was. And I was just like, you know what? You can screw yourself. If you don't approve of my swimsuit, I'm sorry. It's not my fault that I'm impeding on your beliefs. Like look the other direction. If my butt offends you so much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll but I think there's you. something to that, to like reclaiming childhood in a way or going, you know, doing yeah. things we couldn't do as a child or shouldn't. And even back in those places we couldn't or shouldn't do them in. Yeah. And almost reparenting your inner child in a way. I don't know. Yeah. Well, unleashing my inner teenager let's say Ooh, love that I love that (laughs) which is even funny because the way that I'm unleashing myself is by wearing a two-piece bikini where my butt's kind of showing like that is so tame (laughs) that's true yeah well I love how you say unleashing your inner teenager because I feel like that's what's been coming up for me a lot lately we talked about this in one of the podcasts with like the age of my inner anima it's a, it's a, it's arrested development. So she's kind of stunted in there. I've got like an inner teenage girl, like, you know, I don't know. And she wants to come out. And so unleash finding ways to unleash that. We talk about like a static dance or th- things to get out the energy in like non-destructive ways, mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah. make sure she's heard. And I say she, cause I feel like it's an inner, I don't know, anima figure. Yeah. Okay. I love it. Well, I had a accidental uh, parenting moment. Speaking of teenagers and what they wear, so oh no, my my fifteen year. So I'm I'm really, you know, trying to not be the traditional shotgun shotgun wielding father of a teenage girl. <laughs> you know, I'm not. I, I try hard not to be that cliche. But the other day, my my fifteen year old was showing me these. Uh, these, these outfits that she had bought and she holds this one uh, sweater up. It's like a long sleeve sweater, but it's cut short to like expose her midriff and stuff like that. 
but she's little. I mean, my, my, my daughter's real skinny. I mean, she's, she's fairly tall, but she's real skinny, but she holds this thing up and I, I wasn't trying to be any kind of way or say any kind of thing. I, I was literally confused. I said, Oh, who, who's that for? Cause it looked like, <laughs> it looked like a dog sweater, like something that you would put like, like a, on a tiny little dog that was, you know, like a, like a Pomeranian or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> it was that small. I was like, Oh, who's that for? You know, just, Oh, I'm here to have a conversation. And she got, so she's like, it's for me, dad. It's not too uh, revealing. It's not, she got kind of mad and I was like, Oh yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. I'm fine with you wearing it. And I don't, you, you can expose your midriff all you want. I just, I can't imagine how that's going to fit you. So she went and tried it on and showed me and I was like, Oh, it does. It does fit you. Good job. But it literally to me looked like something that it taught, like that you'd buy at a, at a baby shower. It looked, that's what it looked like. To me. I was like, what? I don't know who you're, who, has one of your friends had a child? <laughs> like I didn't know what was going on. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so there's another little piece of trauma for her to put in her bag. <laughs> uh, it, it, she has to unpack something when she's older. It's going to be boring otherwise, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's great. <laughs> yeah. She wrote me a night for, for Christmas. She, the gift she gave me, she wrote me this little note, this little card. And she talked about, she's like, you know, you talk a lot about like, trauma and inner child work and and going back and dealing with the things that you didn't deal with as a kid. And she goes, and I just feel like I don't have a lot of those things because, you know, it was cute. It made me cry. She said some really nice things in it, but it also, because I, because I can't just be, I, I keep trying, but I, I can't be present and I can't be in the moment. I, I, I read that and I was touched and I was crying and I gave her a big hug and kiss. And then I was like, in my mind, but she needs some trauma, right? Like she needs, <laughs> I, it's like, I can't fucking win. It's like, it's like, no matter what I do, I'm, I'm, I'm in my own head about some stuff. So I, I've been kind of trying to sit with that a little bit. It's like, why am I trying to force upon my teenage daughter, some kind of uh, uh, parental like rebellion against her parents or some kind of like, uh, you know, feeling it's like, I feel like that's the only way to live. Like, I gotta get, I gotta smash that belief. Oh, that's interesting. Well, and it feels like to me, Doug, and this is coming up for me a lot, and it will go, it will tie into what we want to talk about. Because um, recently, for me, living in the present—that's what's been coming up a lot lately, and that's what came up during the trip I took um, for the solstice. Was the present moment? If you can fully feel the emotions in the present. It's teaching, it's unpacking, it's healing, it's doing everything it needs to do. And then if you do that, the scene shifts and it's a new dream tomorrow, right? New, new things to learn. But as I've noticed, as I've tried to start doing that more, I think my ego senses what's happening and he's getting louder and trying all sorts of different things to get me out of the present and speaking louder. And, oh. and it's made me feel a little bit like a crazy person. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Yeah, that's crazy. The book I'm reading right now is about um, healing the, it's about changing your, your, the habits that make your personality. And it, 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 it talks a lot about the concept of quantum physics, as far as like mind, body, and spirit, and how yeah, changing those things. I mean, you can simultaneously change your emotion, change your mind, change your body. And if you do that, 
then the the quantum theory associated with it uh, changes those same things in your past and in your future. And it's, it's quite to wrap, it's quite to wrap the head around, but because I'm, I'm like you, Mike, where it's like, I can get really present and get really, um, I, I feel in that moment enlightened and then, uh, you know, go to bed, wake up the next morning, new set of, new set of problems, new set of challenges. And I'm like, Oh, but now I'm in the past and I'm in the future and I'm worrying about this and I'm stressing about that. And I'm concerned about this. So it's, it's, I'll, I'll report as I finish this book. I'm only about halfway through it, but it's pretty, pretty interesting. Uh, I want to read this book. <laughs> yeah. I think you'll quite like it actually. I'll, I'll send it to you once I, I don't know why I would wait to finish it. I'll send it to you right now. I'll send it to both of you. Oh, <laughs> uh, what's the name of it though? If we're going to put this on the podcast, we'd probably say the name of the book. <laughs> oh yeah. Hold on. The name of it is how to, oh, it's a breaking the habit of being yourself. Oh, um, by Dr. That. Joe Dispenza. It's how to lose your mind and create a new one. So it's pretty cool. Dr. Joe, I found out about him a couple weeks ago. Yeah. When, started incredible. following him on the Instagram, but. Oh, really? Yeah. That's so funny because as you were talking out, I was thinking about Joe's philosophies and I'm like, oh yeah, I've heard about that from Joe Dispenza. It's the same thing. (laughs) That's funny. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay. I just sent the book to the two of you. I'm listening to it on, on. Oh, cool. I don't know if that's like a a mark of shame or anything like that, but I I think listening to a book is just as good as reading it. So. Yeah. I prefer listening actually. Well, so do we want to hear about this? Where, where should we go? I want to hear about the sweat lodge you did. And oh, yeah. I also want to hear about the solstice. And I'm sorry, I hope I'm bringing enough energy to this. I'm really hungover, you guys. And are you? <laughs> I didn't drink a lot last night. I think it's the collective week of drinking significant every night. Mm. It's kind of like my body this morning was just like, what the fuck are you doing? guy yeah. <laughs> stop it <laughs> well you seem you seem bright and shiny to me mike so i yeah. don't think you're breathing i i want to hear yeah so in this today i want to talk about the sweat lodge um the solstice for both of you mike i know you had an interesting trip uh, leading into the solstice and then we did that um that kundalini yoga thing the next morning together um but yeah i i've been waiting real patiently to hear more about your sweat lodge experience, Shalise. I'm so fascinated with the concept <laughs> of, of sweat lodges. And so, I mean, if you'll, if you'd be willing to just take it away from there, that, that'd be yeah. perfect. Well, first I have to say that I don't think you're just hungover because I don't drink and I'm feeling crazy energy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's been a lot of releasing and I'll talk about it when I get to my part, but since the solstice, like, yeah. 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 Like the day after I was exhausted and I'm like, why am I so tired? It's been wild. Like <laughs> I was going to get up earlier to research a whole bunch more for this. And then I woke up to you guys' text saying, here's the code to log in. I'm like, oh crap. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So for those of you who don't know, listening, December 21st was a very significant day because of many different things. The first being the winter solstice, which I only found out maybe this year that that's like actually the real roots of Christmas was like a pagan tradition, which is hilarious. Um, Basically, they worshipped Saturn and it signified a return to light because um, because it was all the longest nights were over. And now the days are going to get shorter and are going to have more light, which is fun fact why we put Christmas lights up. Um, 
so there's that, which is the pagan tradition, and then also the Great Conjunction, which you've probably heard about. Um, but before I get into that, I don't know if you guys knew, I just found this out this morning, that there was a total solar eclipse on December 14, which also opened the portal to these new energies. Have you heard about that? I mean, people have been commenting to us about it, but I didn't know. Like, I, I just because of who we follow now on Instagram, it's been fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I, I think it was actually maybe Ashley, our, our one of our guests uh, posted, hey, if you're feeling a lot right now, remember you're, you're in between two eclipses. Oh. Yeah. Okay. And I was kind of like, okay, good. <laughs> I, I don't have to blame myself. <laughs> I can blame the fucking eclipse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So this one was significant too, because it only happens like every 20 years. And then also Saturn and Jupiter aligning in the same degree of the Zodiac at zero degrees, which is significant because it says zero represents infinite potential and holds the energy of limitless possibilities. The opening of this portal will allow streams of high frequency energies to reach the planet. So it's just this big opening for all of us to just get hit with all this energy, all of these solar flares. Um, and also there are people saying that it's a time for us to go from the third dimension into the fifth dimension. And um, let me scroll down and find it. It's talked about being a timeline split where there will be a further divide out of the 3D living and into the 5D living. And for those living in the 5D already, new frequency and light codes will also be attainable for those living in the 3d life will keep following on the same trajectory however depending on where their frequency is positioned they may be able to sense either this growing light or the deepening of the dark which to me is kind of like get your crap together because you don't want to spiral further downward into the darkness of the third dimension (laughs) i thought this was interesting that Uh, Christian evangelist, Pastor Paul Begley predicted that the world would end on December 21st. Um, Apparently the great conjunction coupled with the Mayan calendar told him that that would be the day Jesus Christ returns. And I kind of wanted to touch on that for a second because we also thought, what was it? The 12th or the 2012? It was December 21st of 2012. It was. So since then I've learned that through multiple people in the spiritual community that there was some sort of ending. There was this end of a cycle and there was a new earth that emerged on that date. And so I found it interesting that he was saying the same thing would happen on December 21st, the coming of Christ. But if you think about it, Christ's energy is so strong and it is so prevalent that it probably is coming down on us not necessarily an actual person like flying from the sky, but the energy that he brings and that he offers is probably more accessible now that this great conjunction has happened. What do you guys think? Yeah. I mean, I think that, uh, I think that Jesus energy is at an all time high. Um, it should be mentioned that this dude, uh, predicts the end of the year or the end of the world pretty, pretty regularly. Does he? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, on his YouTube page. Uh, That's funny. I mean, it's like, you know, at some point he'll be right. Uh, you know, <laughs> do it enough times. It. Do it enough times. Yeah. Someone's going to die. But uh, yeah, I, I was thinking that we did Christmas Eve. We went uh, to my, my folks place and 
you know, every year they, we would do like a little program where they read the nativity and everybody has to sing a song or do a, do a, some kind of, I don't know, some kind of talent, I guess. Yeah. And, uh, uh, my dad showed us a bunch of, my dad loves YouTube, by the way. <laughs> <I don't, laughs> so my dad starts showing us all these YouTube videos and, uh, you know, with the stretch and reach of the internet, things like YouTube, social media, Facebook, all that kind of stuff. I mean, for people to be able to call down the energy and, and powers of, of Christ, it's at an all-time high. And I think that people are probably um, feeling, I mean, Jesus has really good energy. He's, he's you know, if, you, if classic Jesus, not, not gun-toting, uh, you know, hate the poor Jesus, but like, Third dimensional Jesus. True. Yeah. True. Jesus has like way good energy. He's, I mean, he's like a, he's like a superhero. I love him, but I was thinking when they were showing us the, he's a shitty carpenter though. Right. Yeah. I don't, I don't buy, I'm not going, I'm not going in for his carpentry. I, I, who knows if he was even really a carpenter. It sounds like he was probably more of a, like a stonemason, which would give more credibility to the, you know, to Freemasonry and stuff like that. But anyway, yeah, probably a shitty carpenter. He can't be good at everything. He's good at being Messiah, but he can't be good. That's what I learned in my dream. I had to always fix his carpentry mistakes. Oh my gosh. But like they showed us um, this like biggest singing of Handel's Messiah, you know, of all time. And basically they use the, it was the Mormon, I don't know what they call the Mormon Tabernacle Choir anymore, but it's like maybe just the Tabernacle Choir or something like that. Anyway, they had Zoom. They had people Zooming in, and they were all singing Handel's Messiah, and it was this big, and, you know, all every all the screens on around the, the conference center were lighting up with all these different little Zoom windows and people singing it. And it's pretty, I mean, it's like you feel it, right? You feel the spirit, all that kind of stuff. But it was so interesting for me where I'm like, you know, this is, this song, this piece of music, the Messiah that, that Handel wrote, you know, during the Renaissance is from basically the book of Isaiah in the old Testament and Mormons have kind of, you know, co-opted Mormons tend to do that a little bit. And I, and I, I'm fine with that, but it's like, if it's really cool and really spiritual and really sings hallelujah and for unto us a son is given, all that kind of stuff. Like it is like, okay, that Handel was a sneaky super Mormon guy that just didn't know about Mormonism type of thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh-huh. But but Handel really was trying to express his faith and it was really trying to, you know, evoke the 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 feeling of the power of Christ's energy. And it was interesting seeing it in a um packaged like here's what our church is here's here's what here's what represents our church like this is now our corporate jingle type of thing mm-hmm. you know it made me feel like really a lot of kind of ways of like i really loved it and i really loved that 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 my mormon friends and family had done it and i loved that my dad was like getting emotional watching it and i loved that i was getting emotional watching it but i also saw the sappy commercialization of it in the same thing. And it was a real different split for me. So speaking of living in the 5D and the 3D, I felt like I was straddling both that night trying to feel just like, let let the power and energy of Jesus wash over me, but also feeling like my little 3D self kind of being like, oh, fuck this. I, you know, I'm trying to be Mormon about it. 
<laughs> so yeah, sorry. That was a long answer to a rhetorical question. <laughs> that was a long answer to a rhetorical question. <laughs> well, you know, you know what I, I thought of when you were saying all that, Doug? With your chiseled beard and your hair? <laughs> what? Do you ever feel like you're the second coming of Jesus, Doug? Look at this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like um, more like the second coming of Ricky Rubio is kind of what I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it, that's one. That, it, it's an interesting one for me, Shalise, with the whole Christ thing. Because, um, And we posted on this on our Instagram for Christmas. Just the symbol that Christ is as the divine self, you know, and what like integrating all parts of ourself and the story of Christ, whether historical, mythological, whatever is a story of, you know, birthing your conscious mind, birthing in the, in the unconscious. Cause your conscious mind's always giving birth to things in the unconscious and then going and trying to get to that point of self-actualization. And I think now's the time people are doing it. So I think this Christ energy is strong here right now. Uh, big time. Yeah. Yeah. And it, what else that I read said that the frequency of the planet is expanding and we're able to tap into higher frequencies than before, but also lower frequencies than before. So I think it's a really good time to just practice awareness. If any was any time was good to practice awareness, it's now in presence um, because you really don't want to slip the wrong direction. Um, just be conscious of where you're putting your energy and also who's around you, whose energy you're taking on and who you're giving your energy to and just kind of be really aware of that. So the reason I wanted to do the sweat lodge, um, well, that's like a long winded way of saying that's why I wanted to do it that night. Um, because so you did I, it Monday night, Monday it night. Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Because I just really wanted to welcome in these new energies with the purified body, mind, soul, and I'd only done a sweat lodge once before in Sedona, but it lasted like 20 minutes. And this one lasted for three hours. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it was wild. Um, so just up here in Northern Utah, a small group of people, um, they built their own lodge up on the mountain and it's like 30 degrees. So we're all outside bundled up and <laughs> ready to go into the sweat lodge. It was the craziest I mean, talk about yin and yang, light and dark, masculine, feminine, all of these dualities, because we would be dying, like literally it felt like your skin was burning off and then they'd open the door and the wind would come in and then you'd be freezing and you're like, okay, I'm ready for the next round. And then it'd be crazy hot. It was wild. Mike, it looked so, like you were going to say something. I was just going to say, yeah. Well, so what comes up during the, I mean, it sounds like almost it would be yeah bring up all sorts of stuff almost like a psychedelic experience would yeah I did and I I can't speak too much about other people's experiences because it is like a sacred circle um but there was a lot of releasing in the group everyone had very different experiences um some seemed more joyful and some seemed more of like a purging of sorts and some came there to purge uh, for me, I just kind of wanted to welcome in the new energies. And so I can't say I had really an out of body experience, but it was definitely, um, how do I even explain it? Because in the beginning, it creates such a presence when you have to focus on breathing and you have to focus on keeping your mind at base because otherwise you just want to jump out of there because it's so intense. Um, 
basically to go back a little bit and explain the sweat lodge, it is a Native American practice and you create the fire and you let it burn for a couple of hours and you, I don't want to say worship the fire because it sounds a little odd, but you honor and respect grandfather fire for giving the heat and providing what it does. And then everyone goes in, in a clockwise direction. Um, and anytime you enter or exit the sweat lodge, it has to be in a clockwise direction. And so we all get in there. There's a few words said, say a little prayer, appreciating Mama Gaia for what she's offering us, Grandfather Fire, and just the presence of everyone there giving and receiving each other's energy. <clears throat> and so then you bring in the coals, like one at a time from the fire, the, we'd use lava rock and it was beautiful. Um, these like glowing red boulders that we would put into the hole in the middle of the sweat lodge. And, um, also to paint a picture, the sweat lodge is basically just, um, kind of like a structure created with, uh, twigs or like sticks, um, in like an igloo shape, like a dome. And then there were layers and layers of blankets padded on the outside. So there's no light coming in once you're inside. When the door is shut, it's pitch black in there. Like you can't even really see your hand in front of your face um, when the fire starts getting lower, when the, the water basically takes the red out of the embers. So we go in, we say a little bit of a prayer, and then the water comes in. And that's also a sacred thing, bringing in the water. Um because it's really honoring all of the elements when you're in there, earth, wind, fire type of thing. Um, so there's a ladle and he would pour on one or two scoops and the steam would just come up and it would just totally envelop you completely uh, because it is a very small space and we were packed in there pretty tight. And sometimes people would offer a song and we would all kind of join in the best that we could and try and catch on, which I loved. I love singing in those type of situations also because no one can see you and you're just like, wow, <laughs> singing your heart out, <laughs> um, which was really fun. And there's drums. And um, so basically we did four rounds to honor the four seasons and the four elements and all the fours that you can think of really. And we would go about, geez, I don't even know, maybe 30 minutes or so each one. And then we'd open the door. People would go out if they wanted to. Me being with my California blood, I was like, I'm not going out there. It's too cold. <laughs> <laughs> so I just waited in there the whole time. You would take like a five, 10 minute break. People would get water and then we'd come back in and do it again. And each round was very different. Um, meaning depending on the prayer or what was being said at one point, we even passed around this pipe that someone had brought that was significant from his tribe. Um, it wasn't psychedelic pipe or anything. It was just a lot of herbs and don't worry for COVID reasons. We steamed it beforehand <laughs> before each person took it. I didn't even do it because honestly, I'm like, I don't even know how to like, you had to actually light it. And it was like this big, long thing. <laughs> like, I don't want to embarrass myself right now to even attempt to smoke this. So I just oh, I passed it. Um, but it was very cleansing and I was drenched in sweat. I was soaking wet. Um, it was she's sobering really which is funny because I'm always sober but <laughs> <laughs> but it was very very intense and 
everyone had a really great experience. And yeah, and then after that, we look out and the sky is just dotted with diamonds and up in Tremont or wherever we were, it was like, you can just see the stars for miles. It's so beautiful. Yeah, yeah I've never done, done anything like that. But I, I just think of it in terms of like a sauna and how a sauna can be so purifying, right? But this yeah. is like multiplied. Yeah, if I had to compare it to a sauna, I would say it's three times as hot. Cool. Yeah, because once the steam starts going, your body just sweats like crazy. Like I've been in saunas where you get a little sparkly and like maybe you get a couple of drips coming down. When I was in, it was like a constant stream of sweat pouring out of my face and out of my legs. And what was even crazier to me is when it would get really hot, when I would breathe out, if the air that I breathed out touched my skin, it felt like fire. And I don't really know the mechanics of why that is, but I just had to make sure I was breathing in the opposite direction of my body or else it felt like I was lighting my skin on fire, like a freaking dragon. <laughs> yeah, it was wild. <clears throat> so what's the, like, I, I remember going to a Native American uh, group and this, I was sitting with them and, 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 kind of chatting and, and sweat lodge came up and, and one of the members of this uh, group was also, he was a native American, but he, he had also converted to the LDS church and he really got into the symbology of the sweat lodge being really similar to the, the temple and being most similar to like the Holy of Holies and stuff like that. I had heard, and, and some of the other, guys sitting around this thing with me, they were talking about how it's the, it's symbolic of mother earth's womb, you know, mm -hmm. and it talks about kind of rebirth and, and, and that type of a type of a thing. But he was talking a lot about like, Oh no, it's, it's, it's the exact same concept and, uh, and belief system as like what, what happens in the Holy of Holies within the, the temple, temple of Solomon in, 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 uh, you know, Hebrew tradition and, and now with with LDS temples, was there a was there a real spiritual uh, element to it for you, Shalise? It's really funny that you bring that up because while I was in there, I honestly thought that, and I've never even been to the temple, but I was sitting there going, "This is basically like a temple ceremony with different language," hmm. because we are praising the grandfather fire versus like praising God, and some people did still uh, praise God and Jesus, which is fine. Um, I don't feel like I would have had that same type of environment or experience in a different state. <laughs> sure, of course. I did yeah. feel like it was heavily influenced by the culture here. But um, I was thinking that same thing of, wow, this seems just like a temple ceremony and everyone is in, well, at least the women were supposed to wear like covered shoulders and covered legs, which <clears throat> I think it was the double standard. Cause the dudes were just in there with like shorts <laughs> and shirtless. And I'm like, hold on. Yeah, Why is it that the women have to be covered? And the dudes are like abs out. And I'm over here trying to focus on my spirituality. And it's like <laughs> <laughs> six packs looking at me all sweaty. I'm like, ah, oh. <laughs> men are walking pornography, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what? This is such a double standard, but oh, whatever. Um, so yeah, I, I did feel like it was that type, that same type of thing, just a different language. And 
people, we actually like went around and, and we had a prayer list and we brought in people who we wanted to pray for, which is just like the temple. And everyone would kind of say their piece and whatever it was like, thank you for being here. I appreciate all of you. That's kind of what I said. I'm, I'm very lucky to be here and experience all of your energy. Thank you. And I want to bring in this person and this person. And then I would say, aho, everyone would say aho, which is amen. And everyone else would repeat it. And then we would go around and it felt like almost like a testimony meeting, uh, which was very, very interesting. And then we'd have the musical numbers and someone would sing. (laughs) I love that. So yeah, I think there is a lot of similarity. And I think that's what we all have to recognize and realize about all these cultures and traditions around the world and throughout time is that they're all the same. Like in its, oh, yeah. at its core, we all have the same intention of just expanding, of receiving love, of um, getting blessings, giving blessings, just with different language. So to put a monopoly on it and saying like, well, this is the right one and that's the wrong one. It's silly because we all have the same intent. It's just different wording. Yeah. And creating a, a ritual. I mean, the importance of ritual and culture, right? Which is something I... <sighs> You know, leaving Mormonism, we lose rituals, right? Depending on how you feel about those rituals. But like, you know, rite of passage is when you're turning eight or 12 or getting married, you know, these cultural that are just signify milestones in your journey um, where you're celebrated by a community of people or just being with your quote unquote quote tribe in you know in a sacred space there's there's a power to that and you know the the subconscious really responds to ritual and you know we talk about this in our dream podcast which we're releasing soon but um one of the ways you kind of ritualize ritualize your dream you're supposed to do something to you know you have a dream you sit with it you find meaning in it and then you do something to plant it back in the subconscious whether it's doing an art piece for it, whether it's planting something, whether it's uh, writing a song, you know, something in the, the waking realm to embed that back in the subconscious. And so you think about, you know, the rituals we do in, whether it's the Holy of Holies, which by the way, isn't that, isn't that pretty exclusive? Who gets to go into the Holy of Holies? <laughs> in yeah, true more I mean, Mormon fashion, like who gets to go in there? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's true. And I mean, in, in Jewish tradition only the high priest can go into the holy of holies too so that's a that's a holdover from there, there's a lot of it within any kind of like religious platform there's uh what the regular like like peasants can yeah. participate in and then there's the uh special reserved uh spiritual sacredness of of only the chosen few can participate holy of holies one of them and I'm almost wondering if that's one of the shifts that's happening right now, you know, on yeah. the earth is that we're realizing, you know what, everyone, everyone can do stuff like this. Everyone can get in touch with their subconscious. Everyone deserves ritual and community and support and, and to be in a space where, you know, whether it's a medicine circle, sweat lodge, a song circle, some space where you're, it's a ritual where you're bridging those worlds of the conscious and the unconscious. And the veil, quote unquote, is getting thin, right? And those worlds are kind of coming together. Dude, I'm just kind of blown away with your comment about like 
testimony meeting. Um, because I'm so now I'm sitting here thinking to myself, man, okay, if if I went to a if I went to an event and the event started with um some kind of prayer and maybe we got ourselves in the right mindset by singing some songs and then um a sacred item that I ingest, whether I eat it or drink it, um then brings me to a state of ecstasy or a state of uh, being in in touch or in communion with God or myself or with the universe. And then uh, those who were in participation with me were allowed to share what they were feeling and and share their experience. And then we ended it with some song and we ended it with a prayer. I mean, I could have just described a lot, like a pretty wide array of things that we can uh you know, experience and participate in. I think it just gets so, uh, you know, the red tape or the the bureaucratic side of it. Like, I don't want to be sitting in an ayahuasca ceremony and have some old man stand up and be like, well, make a joke about how he doesn't really want to be there. And uh, his, <laughs> his, uh, his wife, you know, wrote half of what he was about to say. And, and, talked about finding his keys and made a joke that was like borderline racist or sexist. And then gave the same old like song and dance that he's given for the last, I mean that, I think that like takes away from the spiritual experience that people are having like sacrament meeting uh, or mass or uh, going to temple, going to synagogue. I mean, there's a lot of things that if it was just the act of going and feeling contact with God, or feeling contact with community and participating in sacred rituals. Great. I'm in. Let's do that. I'm Mormon. Let's go. I'm being Mormon. Now. <laughs> but for me, it's like, no, but uh, there's announcements and here's who hasn't. You got to remember, remember that, you know, tithing settlement is coming right up. So make an appointment with your bishop so he can look across the desk at you and make sure that you've paid all of the money you're supposed to pay to the church and, uh, you know, you have to also make sure that, uh, you know, you're getting involved in scouts and there's an activity Tuesday night for kids. I'm like, come on, let's focus on our existential and sacred experience here. Yeah. Stop telling me about how much you hate being here. Stop telling me you know, your joke <laughs> about freaking seagulls eating crickets. I, I don't care about that shit. You know, it's interesting. Wow. Yeah, go ahead, Shalise. I was just going to say that's such a good point because it almost kind of perverts the whole point of everything. Yeah. Like we go there to to commune with God and what we get is a really drawn out, long, no one wants to be there version of spirituality. Because if testimonies were testimony meetings were actually truthful, if people that went up there actually believed what they were saying, not just saying it until they believed it, if we didn't have children going up there getting whispers in their ear, talking like a puppet, if we actually heard people with the real testimonies, if it was condensed down to what, 20 minutes or 15 minutes of actual spirituality, people would probably enjoy going to sacrament meeting and enjoy going to church because that's really what we're doing. Once we left the church, we were seeking out 
other testimony meetings that were meaningful, actually yep. finding things that we could connect with on a deeper level. Maybe it's Native American, maybe it's Peruvian, who knows what type it is, but it all is the same at the core without all of the perversion and without all of the commercialism and without all the hierarchy of, you know, basically the democracy of the church. It's just very pure. That's so interesting. Well, and you were saying we sought it out after Mormonism. I was saying, I think we were even seeking it within Mormonism. And that's what right. Mormons are seeking. It's what kind of brings them back in a way. But it's fascinating because it it touches on what I was sitting with the other day on intentions. If you think of a, a, an intention as like throwing a pebble in a water and how that ripples out, you know, when you, when you throw, or even a stone in water, right? Depending on how big the intention is. And when that intent is to control people or to control their spirituality, you see how that ripples out. You see it in like the hashtag give thanks campaign of the church where it's, you know, a PR campaign basically to help highlight who are the active members, the righteous members guised as a thanks campaign. And so you get posts that are, you know, it, it, it ripples out in the type of posts that people make. It ripples out in the types of testimonies that people bear mm-hmm. where, you know, they, if the intent behind it is pure, then you can get people up there just bearing their feelings and their testimonies. But that ripple, as it ripples out, you know, am I making sense with that? Making perfect <laughs> sense. It does. Yeah. It does make sense. Well, because it's when it's forced, it's not from the heart. And even in within the slut lodge, if someone didn't feel like saying anything, they would just say, I'm grateful to be here. And they passed it on. It wasn't like, oh no, I have to come up with this big moving speech now because everyone's waiting for me to say something. And there's no guilt or shame if you don't do it. It's just very respectful onto the next person who does have something to say. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and you know, Mormonism, they're, they're not the only ones who have bad intent or ill intent in some of those. I mean, I think it speaks to being in, you know, being very careful about where you do sit in ceremony, you know, with ayahuasca, you can, or why ayahuasca or medicine or sweat lodge, like depending on who's holding that space and their intent, yeah, it can change the whole experience. Right. Yeah. It's the, I mean, it, it's, it's fitting that we're doing this, we're recording this a couple of days after Christmas because it really comes down to me. So to have the church, when I say the church, I'm saying all churches mm-hmm. tell you, uh, we've talked quite a lot about this, of this sense of always be joyful, always be in a state of bliss, always be happy, even when you're not feeling those things. You know, Christmas time for, for those who, for those of us who, who struggle with some uh, mental health issues, Christmas time's a tough time. Uh, it, it obviously the, the darkest days, you know, Shalisha, when you were talking about the solstice, these are the darkest days of the year. Uh, there's something about family gathering. There's something about it being the end of another year. There, there's something about the the lights and the joy and the and the the caroling that's going on that just brings you into a, a, a tough space. And then I was thinking about it. You know, I like I like joking about Christmas songs. You know. Um, Especially, you know, the, the the easy ones are things like "Baby, It's Cold Outside," where it's this like sneaky sort of date rape c- kind of song and, and that kind of thing. But like, I was thinking about that one, you know, where it's the most wonderful time of the year, 
And there's that line where it's like, um, but there's kids jingle belling and people all telling you be of good cheer. Well, if you, if you are someone who's battling anxiety, depression, bipolar disorder, any, any sort of thing, the last thing you need is people telling you be of good cheer. It's like, oh, you should smile more. Oh, you should be happy. Oh, you should give thanks. Oh, hashtag give thanks. It's like, stop telling me how I should feel. Because now when I don't feel it, I feel, I, I not only don't feel it, but I feel worse for not feeling it because everybody else is talking about how good cheer they have and, and what a great time of year this is. And there's something about the wording of that, of people all telling you be of good cheer. It's like, shut the fuck up. Leave me alone. I, I'm, I want to be of good cheer, but the last thing I need is for you to tell me to be of good cheer. Yeah. It's not, it's not, oh, people all wishing you a life of good cheer. It's like people telling you, Hey, be of good cheer. Turn that smoke, turn that frown upside down. And I mean, for me, that's, I would, you know, I, I like to get into these little tiny things that I just think about for, for hours, but that was one <laughs> of them where I was like, yeah, man, that's a really good, ex- like for me, analogy for the church. It's just like this constant Christmas of constantly gather with your family, constantly do the thing. <laughs> that make you feel happy, constantly be happy, constantly don't like, like turn away any kind of, kind of negative thinking or any kind of like stuff that has some kind of uh, impact on you. And I, I, I'm kind of trailing off now. I was hoping one of you guys will interrupt me soon because I've reached the end of my tirade here, but stop. I, know, I guess my tirade. point is stop, stop demanding that people be of good cheer, like invite people into your energy, invite people to uh, be their best self, but stop telling them, you know, you really should be of good cheer. You, f- <laughs> you fucking like Eeyore, you run around making everybody feel sad. <laughs> I'm not trying to make everybody feel sad. By the way, I feel sad. Well, that kind of brings up what came up for me with this, with, you know, the solstice. I mean, that's just another way of being out of the present moment, right? To get oh, yeah. people to, you know, um, so on the solstice, we, uh, uh, did some mushrooms, my, my person and I, nice. and we did a sound bath, just a vir- virtual one. Right. Oh, cool. And I'm listening to the sound bath and I'm getting this, like, ah, you know, that whole, like, should I take another square? We, we were having chocolate. Should I take another square? Did I take the right amount? Am I really in this? You know? I, um, <laughs> and then I realized that was part of the trip of kind of like, the indecisiveness. Right. And just like pick a lane guy, like (laughs) want to take another square, do it. If not just, you know, but like, don't spend the whole time being in this. And so that's when I just fully, I'm like, you know what? I took what I was supposed to take or supposed to take quote unquote, but, and then just relaxed into it. And a couple of things came up. One was we were talking about just being in the present. Right. And, and how it's teaching me everything. I, everything I need is in the present moment. And there was a time when I was still being indecisive and we had some music playing and we had all these candles lit and I'm like, I'm going to get up and dance the music. And I get up there and then I see the altar of candles. I'm like, no, I'm going to sit in front of these candles. So I just sat down in easy pose in front of the candles. And then I think Shalise in our text thread leading up to this, or even what we were talking about today in this shift in the, in the collective, right? I was sitting there and at first I was feeling this immense fear 
like more fear than I've ever felt in my life. Right. And I'm like, why am I so scared? And then I was like, oh, wait, the collective is scared right now. Right. Oh, you're feeling the world's energy. Yeah. I mean, that's you what I empathic like. person. You. <laughs> I mean, humor me for a moment here. <laughs> and it felt like the shift in the collective, like fear of what's coming. But if you look at the counter to fear, there's also excitement, right? And so then I sat there and I'm doing this thing with my hands where I'm just like swirling the energy. And I was just like in this zone, in this trance where I was just like, sense people waking up and this energy rising. And I don't know, I was in it. Yes. And then I hear my person from behind me. She goes, babe, what are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, I don't fucking know what I'm doing. (laughs) I love it. But whatever it was, it was this moment I thought back to a lot this week because it was what I was feeling in the moment and the shifts that are happening. um, And it's carried on this week. So another big thing in that was that, you know, we talk about carrying trauma and energy in our body, but, and whenever I take mushrooms, but this one was a big one. It's like, no, really you carry it in your body. Believe it, you know? And so I was feeling where I was tight in my hips. I'm always tight in my hips. So I'm trying to stretch out my hips. Right. And we talk about this on another episode where, you know, I Googled that and it's like, yeah, you sit at a desk too much. Yeah. But then I had this image of, I started feeling my abdomen and feeling like a lot of stuck energy around like my second chakra and feeling into that. And then I had the image of, yeah, if you're, there's energy here if you're trying to protect shame or trauma, what do you do? You hunch over, you put your hand, like protecting your groin in a way, right? You hunch over, you tighten your hips. And I have so much tightness in my shoulders and my hips. And I feel like the mushrooms were like, you need to work to release the energy in this area. So that's what I've been doing this week. Nice. To the point where, so on Christmas Eve, talking about feeling joyful or whatever, like I was in a funk and I laid down on the bed and I remembered that kind of thinking about the energy there. And I started feeling into it. And I don't know, I was releasing something because once I started feeling into it, all of a sudden I felt more sad than I've ever felt in my life. Oh, wow. It was just like this wave of sadness just washed over me as I was rubbing this area. Yeah. And I could hear my person and my kids in the other room laughing and they were doing something. And I just thought, I'm going to be here in here all night. I can't go out there. I'm just so sad right now. And I don't know what that was. And we talk about, I think, I don't know if we talk about this on a podcast, but when you were swimming in emotions, sometimes you're like, swimming just below the surface. But there was a moment where I think I went down deep enough that I hit the bottom of the pool and came back up. So after being in there for like a half hour, like uh, my, my person comes in, she's like, babe, are you doing okay? I'm like, I just need a moment. I have the pill over my eye, I'm sobbing. And so she kind of backs, backs out. But then 30 minutes later, that wave had washed over me. I'd felt to the bottom of it. And I was able to go out and 
you know, reconvene with society. <laughs> oh, I love that. But yeah. it was dark. Yeah. And then I had another moment yesterday because then I went to the acupuncture to do the same thing in that same area. And there's a lot there. I don't know what's going on, but this is all shifts that are happening since Monday. Um, yeah, some low moments, but it's been, it felt good to release those. So what did it feel like at the moment of release, Mike? So you're, you're laying there and you're, you're, you're crying. You got the pillow over your head and you're, and you're just, like you said, you're just sinking deeper into it. And, and rather than staying surface, what was that? I don't, I don't want to call it breakthrough or, 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 or bottoming out, whatever you would say, but what was that moment of like, okay, this has washed over me. I can now go out, out and, and enjoy the festivities. What was that, that very last moment like for you? It felt like a, the fire burned out in a way, right? There was like a fire or like a sadness. And then all of a sudden it just was gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to say it other than like this energy because it didn't feel like energy at the time, right? It's sadness doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like it, but I guess it it is. And so it was this energy that I was feeling into. And when I was in it, it felt like I was going to feel like that forever. It felt timeless, you know, in a way or yeah. permanent. And then all of a sudden it just kind of fizzled out and lifted. And then it's like, I could breathe. And then I just laid there for about maybe another 10 minutes, just kind of breathing and feeling it gone. And then I went into the living room, but I don't know if I described that well enough. That's perfect. But, yeah. It's interesting how that, how pain um, is so good at bringing us to the present, like time stands still and we feel the pain, whether it be physical, emotional, whatever, mental, but like, that lasts, it feels like it lasts forever. And it's bringing to this uh, thing of, of like very only the present moment matters. And I love that you went, you sank deeper into it. I, I feel like that's something I could really learn. I, I like, I want to feel some pain right now and, and, and try that. Cause I think that's a really uh, cool method of like, okay, I'm not going to just try to like keep this just below the surface and go about and plaster a smile into my face and do the thing. It's like, no, no, let me just actually go to the bottom. Let me, let me just see where this uh, takes me. I, I really love that, Mike. And take the time you need to do it, you know? Yeah. I think that's one thing we don't afford ourselves a time. I mean, Christmas Eve, it's probably really easy to just like, hey, I'm just going to grin and bear it. Um, you know, we're doing stuff with the kids, but it's like, no, I'm going to take a moment and go in and just feel stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was thinking the same thing, actually, because as you were talking, I thought if we are sore, like if our back hurts, we go and get a massage. It's like, oh, I have this pain. I need to release it. But how often do we feel like, oh, I have this deep sadness. I need to release it. We don't really afford ourselves the same care as we do to our physical body, but it's all connected and it's all the same. And I've had um, the same type of experience. So I know what you're talking about. And I did think that you <laughs> described it perfectly um, where I have felt certain emotions stuck in parts of my body. And if I just like touch on it, I can feel like, oh, am I about to cry? Like for what reason? I don't really know. And then you dig deeper into it. And I've been sobbing, like hyperventilating sobbing before just out of this release of emotion. And I have no 
like actual reason to be crying. Like nothing has happened in my life to make me cry, but it's just this trapped emotion. And it does just wash over you like a wave, maybe last 30 seconds for me uh, of just like intense crying. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, okay, I'm good. And it's so cool. And I think we're going to have a lot of that. We're going to see a lot of people purging emotions now that they are having more access to this high vibrational energy that kind of permeates deep into the 3D body and start to really let it flow out of them. And I think everyone's going to see, like it was saying, people really, really high and people really, really low, because in order for us to ascend to greater heights, there has to be a balance of polarity. And so we will see amazing things in the world and then not so great things in the world because there has to be that balance. And actually where it came up for me is the last month I've been having back pain, lower back pain. And the lower back pain, I feel like is relating to energy in the front. Right. Yeah. And so I think for people listening, I mean, tune into your body where you're feeling pain, you know, and it could be, you're feeling a pain in a certain area because of energy in a different area. So kind of feel around where you feel a lot of energy, a lot of stuck things, you know, and I think that's where going to like a good acupuncturist or, you know, someone who knows what they're doing and can help as well. Um, Mm -hmm. but maybe it's the time for that, you know, feel into our bodies, our bodies keep the score as we say, you know, in that book says, And they really do. And so wherever you're feeling pain or soreness or tightness, you know, kind of think about that and fill into it. Yeah. Well, our chakras are all connected to every physical part of us. So if you have, you can, it's easy to Google. If you have issues with your liver, for example, you can figure out which chakra is affecting that and then make it a point to clear the chakra, to eat foods in the color of that chakra. Or if it's, um, the yellow or the orange chakra, you can go out and be in the sun, whatever it is to kind of feed your body, what it needs to strengthen that place. I used to get sore throats all the time. And since I started working on opening my throat chakra, speaking my truth, um, no longer staying quiet. And I think a lot of it has to do with my past, um, with my childhood, but just being able to speak my truth, I don't get sore throats anymore. (laughs) And you can really heal your body through the inner work if you really put enough attention to it. That's awesome. I have I have two things I, I'd like us to. First one, I just want to comment on. We've heard enough, Shalise. I hope that 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 you recognize this. Um, Mike's psyche, when it's talking to him, often refers to him as guy. Right? Hey, you'll be you'll be fine, guy. What are you doing, guy? <laughs> and i have to admit i have to make a confession that every time he does that so that when i was in when i I was in high school um you know how every high school has that guy who graduated like four years ago but he comes back and he's an assistant coach and Uh, yeah so our 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 dude was uh i won't say his name but he 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 helped out on the basketball team and he would help out in the weight room and he called everybody guy. Like, you know, maybe I'd be doing squats and he walked by and be like, uh, wait, 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 how you doing there, guy? What's your, what's your max? Why don't you put a couple more bars on? Why don't you put, put a couple more plates on there, guy? <laughs> and he'd be like, uh, you know, we'd be on the basketball court and he'd be sipping some like, like he's always got like a strawberry milkshake or a raspberry. He's like, 
uh yeah yeah guy this one is uh <laughs> strawberry delicious you know <laughs> he's my spirit animal and so every time yeah my every time you start talking about the way your psyche talks to you i just yeah. picture this like you know cool forever high school forever cool dude being like why are you so worried about this guy get yourself a little bit of healing you'll be fine guy what's up throw a couple more plates on your uh on your energy well, if you look at the more plates on your trauma, you'll be fine, guy. <laughs> if you look at the yin and yang for my ego, right? Oh, yeah, ego is a little over worrying. Like, did you take enough squares? Did you do what? what? <laughs> and, then, and then he's like, oh, come on, guy. You eat the squares you want to eat, man. You know what? Get up. Get up the floor a little faster on that one, guy. You'll be fine. I mean, he's just looking back i think it's probably pretty problematic for a 22 year old guy to be back in high school living the high school dream and all that kind of stuff <laughs> but we thought that he was the coolest dude on the history of the planet yeah and this was like n- nothing rattled him i can see him standing there with like a non like I, I never know where he got those shakes but he always had a milkshake <laughs> and he was he had been kind of a star in high school but like you know didn't really make anything of his life and, and it was like yeah, man. He, yeah, you put up, you put up, you, you put up some good points yesterday, guy. But I, I need to see some better footwork. You know, come on, guy. And it's dip his milkshake. He's just like John Cool. You know. Oh, I love it. Now I have an image to attach to this little guy. Yeah, I mean, every time you say "guy," I think of him. I'm like, oh, I wonder what he's doing. You know. Well, I'm not going to stop. That's how he speaks to me. I love it. That's great. Uh, the other, the other thing I want to talk was was ask you too about ecstatic dance. I, I I tried that for the first. I've heard a lot about it. Um, through some of the various uh, like podcast channels, books that you know the kind of stuff that we're that we're into, and and Shalice, you had mentioned at the start of this podcast, and um, coincidentally, I had had my first experience with it. Um, I, I I took some mushrooms and was alone and did and tried out ecstatic dance. Now, yeah, a, a, a preamble to this is that um, you know Shalice, you probably know this experience. So my my wife is a very 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 good dancer, like danced in college. I mean, she is a like coach, teaches dance, all that kind of stuff. So anywhere we go, she is significantly the best dancer. We'll go vacation. We'll be in, you know, Vegas. We'll be in Jamaica. We'll be in LA. I mean, everywhere she goes, it's like, oh, she's really good dancer. Well, that's great. And I love watching her dance, but it's also made, it, it adds to the self-conscious act of dancing for someone like me who is not a good dancer, who, who's not like, doesn't know all the different like moves and stuff like that. So, so when you go to a place where people are dancing, I'm left with this sort of weird juxtaposition of there's people doing their like choreographed dance they learned in their, you know, Zumba class or, <laughs> you know, whatever the line dance for the, you know, the electric slide or the Tootsie roll or the wobble, 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 all that kind of stuff. Or in my smaller little group, it's me and maybe a friend and my wife and, 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 and her friend. And they're just like tearing the, I mean, you know, the club can't handle them. Yeah. You know? And it's like, so then I'll start kind of dancing, but I get real self-conscious about it because then my wife will kind of cheer me on. But I, I hear that cheering on as sort of like patronizing mm. and, and like, so I feel even more self-conscious. So, uh, uh, last week, well, no, this week, it was this week. I, um, was really feeling it to the point. I mean, Mike and I talked about it. I, I wrote like a, woe is me. I feel sorry for myself song and send it to Mike, you know, and I was just really feeling the the blues. That song got stuck in my head, by the way, though. 
I woke up yesterday to it. I'm like, this is Doug's song in my head because your tunes are so catchy. It it does have like a catchy little hook to it, but um, but it's but it is just like a boo hoo me, and it talks about the podcast anyway. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to take some mushrooms, and I'm alone, and I'm going to just turn on some music, and I'm going to try this sick static dance thing, and so I got into the the you know music started playing, and I just started doing like jumps and leaps and spins and 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 praise and like arms up and because i never know what to do with my arms when i'm dancing like i feel like i have some fairly good hip work and some fairly good like uh rhythm but i never know what to do with my arms so they just sort of like you know i have these long orangutan arms anyway that feel like they're sort of like dragging along the ground just in normal life so when i'm dancing those are really pronounced and so i just end up looking like one of those you know, those like a uh, blow up guys that you see on a car lot. I end up oh, looking no. like one of those things is what I, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Shalice is currently <laughs> doing it. Yeah. Where I like kind of bend over and like. <laughs> but anyway, I got into uh, really just got, getting sweaty, like dancing my heart out, like just in, 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 in kind of like this gratitude and praise and feeling of like, I'm just going to express my body's movements, however they move based on what this music is. And sometimes it's going to be off rhythm. Sometimes it's going to look kind of like a baby giraffe just being born. And sometimes it's going to look like a pelican trying to fly. But it, but it made me so full of joy. Like I was, by the end of it, I was shining and I was sweaty and I had to take a shower, all the kind of thing. But I was, why have I put off? I've heard about ecstatic dance. But I've been so self-conscious about dancing that I've just put it off because I'm like, I don't, I don't, I just don't feel comfortable. Any kind of group of people, any kind of people who could see me, but, but being alone in my home, everybody gone and dancing gave me yeah. such like this high of joy and, and gratitude for existence and the universe and mother earth and life and my body and to be able to move it. And I felt sexy and I felt uh, supercharged and all that kind of stuff. Loved it. Well, I think for anyone, and I think for ex Mormons in particular, who are taught that the natural man is an enemy to God, right? That our bodies are something to be shamed. Ecstatic dance is such a great way to connect with it. And I've only done it twice. Um, at, at the, uh, recommendation of my therapist, but, um, and talking about even like the sacral chakra area and moving energy there, ecstatic dance is one of the ways people say to do it, you know, any sort of shame you're carrying there. And I really want to do it in a group of people. Um, eventually sounds scary, doesn't it? It does though. Right. But I think you even get more of the high from it because Doug, as you were saying, so, and maybe I can post on the show notes, this guided, I did a guided one where it's like, okay, they got the, the drums going and the music going. And then it's like, okay, move your, move this and move this and move it in any way you want to, you know, it just, it helped me through the process. But at first it's like feeling really silly, you know, just being there by myself in my bathroom doing it to then being like, oh, this feels pretty good to then like almost an other emotions are coming up like sorrow or joy or, you know, you're just kind of experience all of it. And then it's like, you're just dancing and moving and energy's moving and feeling connected it's like a form of meditation that you are just feeling in your body yeah Um, i've been trying to think have i ever done ecstatic dance intentionally like sat down and be like okay i'm gonna do this now 
I think my whole life has been one ecstatic dance (laughs) (laughs) because I, I do think that I suppressed and blocked out a lot of stuff and I saw it in um, a breathwork session, actually. Have I talked about the breathwork session that I did before? I don't know. Maybe. I, I don't know. Yeah. You've told us about breathwork sessions, but what's this one? Um, yeah. I'll share it real quick because I think it's relevant to what we're talking about. Um, the very first time that I did breathwork, I had a crazy experience. Um, it was right around the time I had just recalled all of the trauma from my childhood and so I, I wanted to do this breath work to kind of release or whatever needed to happen. Well, I, and this is a, a trigger warning for anyone who has experienced abuse. I just want to put that out there really fast. Um, <clears throat> I saw myself through this meditation during breath work. I saw myself as this child being abused and I saw simultaneously an angel hovering over me, healing my womb as it was happening. And it was really beautiful. And I just started bawling because of course, seeing that this like yin and yang where you see the abuse happening, but also the healing simultaneously. And what I saw was this angel or this being infusing this green light into my sacral chakra. And And then it went from that scene to me dancing. So I've been dancing since I was three, like the ballet classes and all of the studio dance, jazz, tap, ballet, literally anything you can name, I've done it. And I saw myself growing up as as this child dancing. And I saw this green energy kind of flowing up out of me as I would dance and as I would get more passionate about it. And I saw myself growing into like a 12-year-old and then into a 15-year-old where I'm just dancing with everything that I have and this green energy is rising and and healing me as I do it and it was so beautiful and it made so much sense to me why I loved dancing so much because as I would dance this energy would heal my body and it would release this trauma every time and even now like I dance all the time and now I go out salsa dancing and all I want to do is dance like don't don't hit on me don't talk to me just dance with me and then I'm gonna go home (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Because that's my my release. So I feel like that's something I've been doing since forever for me. <laughs> well, I don't speaking of don't talk like I don't understand how people are going dancing, like clubbing, and then like meeting people. First of all, every time I've been in a dance club, I'm a breathless, sweaty, disgusting <laughs> mess. Uh, I mean, I'm always with my, disgusting, I, I'm with my wife, so I guess it doesn't really matter, but like, I can't imagine in that state going up to another person and tapping them and being like, Hey, would you like to dance with me and get covered in my sweat and I'll buy you a drink? <laughs> like, I don't like let people dance. Let's let them have their, let them have their joy. Let them have their dance. Well, anyway. that's why I go to salsa clubs because there's no grinding involved. It's, it's yeah. very respectful. They actually offer a hand. Would you like to dance? Yes, I would like to dance. And it's very, yeah, I like that. It's so nice. And then they just say thank you and they move on most, most of the time. Um, but yeah, that's why I love going to salsa clubs and Latin clubs because it's just dancing. It's like the whole point. Oh, I love that. Well, and you're speaking one more thing that's important with the, the ecstatic dance, Doug, is that the whole point of it is there's no judgment. Yeah. Just move how you want to move. There's no yeah. good moves, bad moves, whatever. You just move. And I think we need to get more in that in society where it's like, oh, I can't dance. 
no, you can move your body. You know, some people might call that more acceptable than others, the way you're doing it, but let them do that. You know, it's just moving your body. And so that's why I'm excited once, you know, COVID's not a thing to find some place here in LA just to a static dance with people. There is one. There is a place. Yeah. Um, I haven't been, but it it's like um I've heard from a lot of people it's pretty amazing. Up to like a hundred people on the beach doing this ecstatic dance oh, oh, all together. Yeah. Guys, it's all let's do it. Come okay. come to LA, Doug, and we'll go ecstatic dance on on the beach. Heck yeah, man. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in for that. And if I get too sweaty, I can just jump in the ocean and cool off a little bit. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Doug, did you have any experiences on the 21st? Um, <clears throat> maybe Mike can talk a little bit more about, uh, we, Mike and I participated in a, uh, you know, he's mentioned a number of times this, uh, this, uh, daily sadhana, uh, mm-hmm. Kundalini yoga thing that, that he's been involved in. And he invited me to join, um, early morning, the 22nd. So it was kind of like in the, uh, wee hours of the, of the morning, but that was a really cool experience for me, Mike. I was, I was kind of interested in hearing maybe you talk a little bit more about that because there were things that within the yoga part of the practice, I mean, there's obviously some meditations and breath work, that kind of stuff, but within the yoga part, uh, the breath of fire, I think it was called, yeah. uh-huh. which I've never done before. Shalise, have you ever done uh, the breath of fire practice? No, but it just immediately made me think of the sweat lodge. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, honestly, when you were talking about like you had to turn away from your body because you felt like your skin was on fire. Um, yeah. What's up with that, Mike? Can you, do you know yeah, more about I'll, that than I do? My, like, I, I eventually love to do a whole Kundalini yoga episode, um, mm-hmm. especially since it was kind of that, that helped start this podcast. Um, so I've talked a little bit about how I've done a couple of these 40 day sadhanas where it's every day, 4:30 AM wake up and you do, it's about a two and a half hour practice. Wow. Um, and so the instructor, uh, on Instagram, it's creating Sid, um, she's amazing. She, um, was doing two of these one for the eclipse and then one for the solstice. So I did the eclipse one and I sent the invite to Doug on, uh, for the solstice. And he texted me that morning. I woke up at four 15, rolled out of bed. Well, I had like two hours of sleep because of the trip the night before. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I got that text from Doug. I'm like, yeah, he's joining. Um, and then there were a bunch of technical difficulties. So Sid just moved to Peru and there was a rainstorm. And so her internet kept cutting out, um, but we were still able. So someone else in the group chime, you know, came in and it was still a, a cool practice. It wasn't the level it usually is, you know, when she's leading it. But um, yeah, so Kundalini yoga is fascinating because you do some of the stuff you do in like uh, vinyasa or whatever, flow yoga, or whatever, where you're doing you know, cat cows and, uh, downward dogs and some of those poses. But then on top of that, they've added, like, you start out just listening to a mantra mm-hmm. and it's like this, it's the Japji mantra. And it's like a 30 minute mantra that you kind of just get into the zone, meditate, stretch. Um, and then you do a bunch of things where you, you tune into the energy and people's energy. So you like rub your hands together and then chant a couple of, uh, mantras um, like Om, Om Namon, Guru Day Namon. Um, they all have meanings and I was supposed to remember them, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the ones that really get me, you're talking about those breath of fire poses. So the one we did that day is called Ego Eradicator. 
and you sit in easy pose and you're, you put your hands up like at 60 degrees with your thumbs extended. And it's almost like you're plugged into the energy source of the universe and you breathe, do this breath of fire where you go, you're breathing through your nose. And with every breath, it's like you're pushing against your like sacral uh, solar plexus area, mm. kind of igniting it, stoking the fire there. And you do it for like three minutes to where, you know, your arms are hurting, you're kind of breathless and it's ego eradicator because you feel your ego come up during that process. So all these, uh, they call them the Kriyas when you do those is the whole point is to kind of meet your ego and be, to become the witness. So you're training, you're doing these poses. There's another one we, we typically do after that, where you kind of go in frog pose and you wrap your arms around your legs and then you stick your tongue out and do breath of fire through your mouth. So you just go and do that for three minutes. And that one's really hard. But in both of those, like, you know, you feel, you feel the resistance rise up and it's training your mind to just witness the resistance. And get to a spot where it's like, hey, I could do this for as long as need. You know, I have no preference whether I keep doing this or whether I stop. Mm. I feel tired, but that's just a feeling. Um, so really good way to train yourself to start sitting with difficult emotions. Yeah. And so usually after that, there's like, you know, and then you, with, with, every time you're done doing one of those, you kind of just sit and you feel where, what your current state, you kind of take an assessment of your current energetic state and where, what flowed, what you're feeling. And then, you know, you typically end with a vinyasa where you just lay down and let it all integrate. Um, so yeah, really cool practice. And I'd love for you guys to do it again with me, especially when Sid's leading it. Cause it's great. Yeah, <laughs> I'd like to join. I know that you've put it on our Instagram and and that so there's there's uh, obviously resources and and it's available to people but i i had it was my first time joining that particular group and i had quite a good time yeah it was good yeah so yeah and that was in some solstice energy going that morning and in both ways right interrupting the uh the communications and also bringing people together in different ways i don't know yeah <laughs> awesome i mean i you know the uh mike you're talking about the the Shavasana, mm -hmm. which I don't really know what that word means. I don't even know if I'm using it correctly, but to me, the Shavasana is like when you just lay down and like lay there motion, motionless and sort of like yeah. doze in and out. <laughs> but speaking of me looking like the second coming of Jesus, I always lay there in the like Christ on the cross pose <laughs> with my arms straight out. <laughs> Dealing with dealing with past lives stuff. I guess so, but I, I I don't know. Like I have my best. I don't know what it is about me. Whether I'm on some kind of psychedelic or not, I always have my best moments when I'm laying flat on my back and being as motionless as possible with my mm -hmm. arms out. That, that was so. That was a really good experience for me too. It, was, it might have been right after the breath of fire or right before. I can't remember, but it was uh, the combination of those two things was a really good experience. Mm -hmm. So I would recommend well, anybody. With Shavasana, like, I mean, I think that the, the importance of it is to, it's, it's kind of like integration, right? You've stirred up all this energy when you're doing yoga, kundalini yoga, whatever. Take the time to now let your body rest and integrate, meditate, yeah. 
Um, so it, it kind of speaks to anything. Like we were talking about, take the time. If you're feeling sad, take, take the time you need. Just go th- fill your feelings, integrate whatever is coming up. Um, if you've taken, gone on a mushroom trip, take the time you need afterwards to integrate what's going to come up, you know? And so I think that's a good, Shavasana is a good practice to kind of illustrate that. Yeah. Well, this seems like we're kind of at a stopping point. Should we like have like a fun little send off for the podcast or should we just have it cue the music right now? As Well, what do you have in mind for a fun little one? Did you have one in mind? (laughs) Uh, No, I was looking to you two to have good good ideas. (laughs) It's the most wonderful time. (laughs) (laughs) With people demanding you be of good cheer. And you're like, I don't want to be of bad cheer. Uh, <laughs> all right well happy new year i, I guess i'll see y'all next year right i, I love yeah. making that joke i love making that joke with my kids i love making that joke <laughs> work. hey guys thank you so much for listening to mormons on mushrooms podcast we have so much fun recording it and if you love it we would absolutely love it if you could leave a review on wherever you get your podcasts it would really help our visibility so more people can listen to it and be enlightened and hear our crazy stories so thanks again for tuning in